Welcome everybody to the Health Optimization Podcast with Greg Van Den Bolt. This is the podcast where we talk about a wide variety of topics to improve any aspect of your health, ranging from nutrition, sleep, to yoga, and so much more. If you are eager to live your life more fully and healthy, this is the podcast you've been looking for. Today, I'm with Sruti Sundharesan. She's an Indian-based girl with a huge interest in plant-based living and the Setfik lifestyle. And I can't wait to hear her perspective on this Eastern way of living. Besides that, she's huge in self-care rituals, and I'm sure this episode will be very valuable to your own well-being. She discusses all these interesting topics in her own IGTV show called The Q Club, which you will be hearing about soon as well. So, without further ado, I introduce you to Sruti Sundharesan. Thank you so much for being here, Sruti. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Before we dive into this conversation, I would like to uh, give the audience a little bit of context about how we met because we basically met because I was on your IGTV show, which is called The Q Club. We had a lovely conversation yeah. there. And um, yeah. I know I was rec- about to record a podcast. So that's why I also wanted to interview you. Um, so right. that's, that's, what us brought, that's what brought us here. So maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit and what you exactly do with the Q Club. I think our, uh, our audience will be interested to hear about that. Okay, so um, to give you a brief introduction on who I am and what I do, um, I am basically a law graduate and I uh, have a lot of hobbies as such. I love being creative in life. I basically, I basically have a, a big passion towards art, music, and veganism, uh, which is something that I've inculcated in my life lately. And I started the Q Club. Actually, it's very interesting how I started the Q Club. I just woke up one morning and I decided that, hey, there are so many people out there who are just starting out a new venture in life. And why not help them reach out to people and help people also get to know them because I have a lot of people who have come on board who are bridal stylists who are yoga instructors who are fitness coaches nutritionists in fact I even had you which is super cool and we spoke about health optimization right and a lot of people have not even heard of the term health optimization so what I'm really trying to do with the Q club is bring people from different spheres and walks and walks of life and basically get them to come and share their experience about, you know, their ventures in life and how they started off with something that's very, very new. Because typically I feel like people, um, maybe even like prior, it was so typical for a person just to practice the profession. It was, there was nothing that they were really passionate about. And now there are so many people who have passions in different areas of life. So that's something that I really wanted to, you know, explore into, which is why I started the Q Club. Yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful philosophy you have there, Shruti. Could you maybe elaborate a, a little bit on on the guests you've had so far, um, which talked about topics that are related to to health optimization? You you mentioned nutritionist before, um, veganism as well. Like, what type of conversations right. did you have there? Maybe the the audience is interested to listen listening to your Q Club as well on IGTV. Right. Right. I mean, definitely, I've had around 10 guests until now. And each of them uh, were quite different. 
even though I did have people coming in from the same area, which was say fitness, I, I brought in people who basically did something completely different. For example, my first guest was um, a fitness coach and she had so much of in, input with regard to, you know, say weight training and cardio and how you uh, efficiently take care of yourself. And then I also had another yoga instructor, pretty interesting. She's not just a yoga instructor. She also is a minimalist. So there's something that I did get to learn from her that is, you know, sustainability. Then I did have, um, you know, another uh, guest who was a woman entrepreneur who was a, a fitness and health coach as well. And she started off fitness only for women. And I found that pretty interesting because she said that, you know, comfort is something that's very important when it comes to fitness. And um, she, yeah, she's doing like really, really wonderful things. And then I had you. And um, it was very interesting because I, we learned, I learned so much when I spoke to you on, you know, sleep. And then we spoke about nutrition. And we spoke about how movement is important. And I think that gave me a very great insight on how I should inculcate things into my life. And then I did go and explore on, you know, your YouTube videos. And I watched your videos on how, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, sleep being important and how movement is important again. So yeah, I've had like people from different dimensions coming in and it was pretty cool because there was learning out of every IG live that I did. There was some learning out of it. There are so many topics that, that are over overlapping with my areas of interest as well. I think, uh, that's great. And also to have you here and to bring that knowledge to, to the listener, mm -hmm. I think is of great value. So mm -hmm. I just Absolutely. wanted to, to say thank you for that. I, I think uh, it's a great initiative that you started. And let's mm -hmm. hope that many more people will share their passion on your IGTV, IGTV video. At yeah. the end of the day, you can share your message as well. Yeah. So you already mentioned veganism a couple times during yeah. this yeah. five minute conversation, more or less. Um, you're a yeah. very passionate vegan um, as well. So I was wondering yeah. if you could maybe share with the audience uh, your perspective mm -hmm. on, on that and elaborate your, your philosophy around that topic. Yeah, actually veganism is something that's very, very close to my heart. I wouldn't call myself a vegan yet. And I would say that I'm still plant-based because Veganism has a very holistic approach to it, right? It's something to do with a change in your lifestyle, not only in terms of food, but also in terms of what cosmetics you use, what clothes you wear, and all of which is supposed to be cruelty-free. That's the whole ideology of veganism. And I've been plant-based for two years now, and I'm still on the road towards adapting veganism completely. So I'd say that being a vegetarian that is just living on, uh, again, plant-based, as well as I used to consume dairy for like 21 years of my life, I did not feel the best version of myself because to be very honest, I felt very bloated and I faced a lot of inflammation and I didn't feel great about my body inside out. And another aspect was I had terrible skin allergies. So I felt like me medicines just worked on a very temporary basis where, you know, I just get rid of my allergies for a bit. And after that, you know, it would just, it was recurring in nature. And I felt like, you know, I need to do something about this. And I started randomly reading about nutrition in the internet. 
And I came across articles where all of a sudden I just started reading this article on why milk isn't good for you. And that was actually pretty surprising because I, or we, as a matter of fact, have always been told that, you know, you need milk for ca- as it's a great source of calcium. It gives you a lot of nutrition um, and whatnot, right? And from there, what happened was that I, I was only on the road where I was reading a lot about it. But I, I wondered if I could ever implement that in my life. Because, you know, when you've done something for 21 years, it's going to be difficult, right? Then I had a friend of mine who took me to a restaurant to watch a documentary named Dominion. It's one of the most life-changing documentaries that I'd ever recommend anybody to watch. And I watched that and I cried for three hours. It was, it was so sad. It was, and it's an Australian-based uh, documentary. So I felt extremely bad about it. And I decided that, you know, I, I don't care what's happening. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm not going to contribute to this. And then that's when I really, really started my journey. Um, I basically went on a journey where I gradually cut things out. I did not go, I did not become a plant-based overnight. It took me around four to five months where I cut out milk, you know, yogurt. Then ghee is like a very, uh, it's the most eaten in India and consumed in India. And then there is uh, yeah, butter and whatnot. So it took me time, but I think once I stopped eating it, I, I didn't go back. There was no going back for me. So that's how my journey got started. It's lovely that you share also your way towards um, becoming vegan or plant-based. I think um, yeah. there's obviously many people who want to implement such a lifestyle, but I think mm-hmm. many people find it also challenging to change their habits. Yeah. Um, yeah. So could you maybe give some tips for the people who want to transition towards plant-based or veganism, um, but find it very challenging. Like maybe you can talk about your own experience. What was for you the right, the right way to, to deal with it, so to say? What are some tips, some practical tips? Okay, so I feel like before I move on to the tips, it would be great if I actually gave you an idea on why I actually, what were the aspects around me that really, you know, changed my perception towards, you know, eating right and eating plant-based. To begin with, you know, I always had, um, I always had this notion that, you know, I have to give back to society. And I also, at the same time, I also felt like, you know, it's important to have a healthy body to do anything for anybody else. You take care of yourself first and then you do for others, right? Yeah. So uh, the first thing that actually... Definitely (laughs) agree with that. First, you have to make sure that your own cup is full and what runs over is for other people, right? Absolutely. For me, it did start off with health, but I'd say that for me, uh, like even after health came in, ethical, you know, ethical uh, being was something that was very important where I felt like there is so much cruelty, especially the documentary that I watched. I, I do have a couple of recommendations of documentaries that I will like mention later on. But um, when I started off, I think I started questioning myself a lot. And the questions that came in was, you know, we're bringing a life into this planet voluntarily, you know, because again, animals are artificially inseminated and we're the ones increasing the population of animals. So why are we taking, why are we bringing in a life and why are we taking life away? Why are we not doing the same to our species? Why are we killing animals? How 
how are they different from us so all these questions start pop, started popping in and then i realized and came across this word called speciesism which is also actively happening so speciesism is basically the discrimination which truly involves you know treating members of one species more important than the member of other species like for example you would treat your dog or your cat comparatively way much more nicer where you would actually pamper them you like feed them you like take them on strolls you love them abundantly but you wouldn't do the same to a cow and you see a cow on your plate and you don't feel bad so i i didn't understand you know what was happening so i as i felt like you know as i started reading more and i again started watching i watched a lot of documentaries to actually get this instilled into my head and um i felt i i really saw you know animals being tortured where they were kicked whether they were tortured they were beaten up and you know the conditions that they're put under it's absolutely cruel it's something that you can't even express like um cows for example right cows are absolutely malnourished they're deprived of sunshine and they're sedated for most of their lives so and male cows a lot of people don't know this but it's so sad that once a female cow gives birth uh to a male cow a male cow doesn't really have any capacity to produce milk right so the male cows are just taken away directly and they're dumped in slaughter houses and they they directly just from being born to meat they just end up on your plates so that's something that i felt was like terrible and there's so much to just animal cruelty by itself but from animal cruelty when you actually look into it and delve deeper into it you realize that it's not just animal cruelty animal cruelty is it's leading to something that's way more bigger which is global warming and it's something that's going to affect our environment big time right and i came across so much of scientific research that proves that animal agriculture is one of the biggest contributors to climate change and global warming and you won't believe but it surpasses pollutants which are being emitted by transportation as well so if if you think that you know your cars are the cause of pollution i have to tell you right now that your cars may be contributing to it but animal agriculture falls on top in terms of uh, you know how the world is going to really really suffer um and practically thinking about it you know let's take three aspects you know just starting off with land right we need land for agriculture agriculture is a primary source through which we even get our food now we have plant agriculture and we have animal agriculture now if we did invest a lot of land on plant agriculture it would be a more sustainable form rather than animal agriculture what happens with animal agriculture is you need land to say for animals to be put into houses i mean like you know animal agricultural houses and then you have a uh, plant agriculture that's just where you just grow crops now you need separate lands to just grow soybean and corn to just feed the animals that are in these slaughter houses right that's an unnecessary waste of land if you actually look at it and there is so much of deforestation that takes place because you just need more and more and more land just to sustain these animals in these farms and maintaining these animals is not a joke for example i'm going to give you in terms of uh you know the quantity a pig consumes a quantity of water the pig consumes a pig consumes around 21 gallons a cow probably drinks 50 gallons and this is per day so thinking about it with a population of 7.8 billion people 
Okay, Greg, just, just think about this. Why aren't we able to feed this many people, which is 7.8 billion, when we can raise and feed animals and kill around 150 animal, billion animals a year? So we're killing, we're, basically, we're just killing more animals than we can even feed, you know, human beings. And if you can actually feed those animals that you're killing, why can't you feed our own population that's suffering of hunger, right? And then I also feel like there's so much of waste. There's no sustainability in terms of animal agriculture. Think about it. Again, there's waste generated out of these slaughterhouses where you have greenhouse emissions, you have flesh, blood, grease, and you know most of the animals even suffer of endemic diseases. So I just feel like it's just going to create more havoc and more uh, disruption in the balance of the ecosystem rather than doing good for us, right? So that's one aspect. And moving on to the third one, which is, as I mentioned before, that these animals also suffer with endemic diseases. You may never know what kind of disease an animal is suffering with. And it's not like all slaughterhouses are very, uh, you know, ethical and they're very, there is no, nothing called ethical houses in an animal slaughterhouse because if you're going to kill an animal, you can never justify killing. That's something that I truly believe. And if people are going to say that, hey, you know what, you can kill an animal in a humane way, you can never kill an, any animal, any human being, any living being in an ethical or humane way. And imagine if the animals are facing diseases and you're going to consume and eat those animals, what's going to happen to your body? And for a lot of people who already know about this, 75% of our world's population is intolerant to lactose, right? And milk just by itself can cause cancer, can cause bloating, can cause hormonal imbalances, cholesterol and whatnot. The list goes on, right? And with the production, so basically if you were to produce crops, 15 times more plant-based protein can be derived from crops than animal uh, protein. And even even this, like look at this aspect. If you were to consume protein you from an animal, where does your animal get its protein from? From a plant. So which is why the first lesson you even learn in school is the that plants are the primary sources of food, right? And that's something that I completely believe in, which is if you can just get it from the most natural form, why take away your life? Why induce diseases on yourself? Like, why are we voluntarily creating more trouble and harm for ourselves and the environment? Why can't we just live in harmony and balance where, you know, all of us actually uh, respect one another and being different species, right? So that's my whole perspective about veganism. And moving on to like tips, I just feel like everybody, it's important to start slow. You, I know that a lot of people have been eating meat for most of their life, maybe 30 years, 40 years, 50 years for that matter. But it's something that you, you can do overnight if you have a very strong willpower. But at the same time, I just feel like if you take it step by step and eliminate one by one and have a strong mindset that you won't consume it again, that's the right way of dealing with it rather than just going overboard overnight where you're just like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to change overnight because that creates more temptation and craving rather than gradually, you know, getting it out of your life. And on an average, any non-vegetarian consumes around 7,500 animals in their whole lifetime, which is crazy. So imagine the number of resources you can save, the animals that you don't have to like kill. 
And uh, another tip that I would like to give is that be patient. Like patience is something that's going to really help you out. There are going to be days that you might end up even eating a brownie which has egg, and just don't don't over trip over it, and don't get too guilty over it because you're trying, you know. And respect the fact that you're trying. And I always believe this. I always tell people, you know, I know today my friend comes and tells me that hey, I ate a cookie today which had milk in it, and I'm like. it's okay don't eat it tomorrow right start slow take it slow move gradual with things and don't overbeat yourself with anything just make sure that you remember why you started doing it that's all yeah i, I really love the fact that you said respect the uh, the fact that you're trying i'm going to remind that next time when i eat a again a whole bunch of cookies and brownies some but at least i'm trying <laughs> okay yeah um, Uh, uh, Sruti, that was great. I think you touched upon several very interesting topics. Uh, animal cruelty, obviously, is a big one. Industrial meat, as indeed, yeah. uh, is is indeed not ethical. Um, you talked about defore- yeah. deforestation, with, which I think is a yeah. um, obviously very very. Uh, It's it, it's just a shame, I think, together with climate change, that yeah. such things um, are happening. Um, and yeah, what you said about um, plants being the essential source of protein, I think this is overlooked yeah. by many people. Actually, I'm surprised by it. Um, indeed, um, you get your protein essentially from the plants, not the cow. Um, yeah. So I think that's yeah. definitely a message that. Um, is worth sharing, so to say. So thank you for uh, sharing all of that. I would like to uh, jump to the next topic, which is Sadvik living. Um, you're from India, right? And yeah, yeah, you also have knowledge about about this. And I wanted to know your approach, like also from a holistic point of view, and the relationship between food and mental health, for instance. Um, could you elaborate right. a little bit on on that topic on set of Sadvik living? Right, right, right. Definitely. So, um, just to give you a brief idea on what satvic living really is, so a satvic lifestyle basically comes with living a balanced life. So it's about cultivating a a devotional and self care ritual for yourself. And what I believe is that self care comes with self improvement. So the more you, you know, emphasize on self care and create a regime for yourself and really focus on yourself, there's always room for improvement, right? and so what happens is in addition to this um satvik lifestyle talks about incorporating daily meditation devotional rituals um as i already mentioned self care rituals and the whole aspect revolves around the necessity that our bodies basically serve as vessels right it's a home for the soul where the divine basically for the divine to work you know on your body it's important that you have a balanced form of lifestyle so i let me give you a brief idea on how satvik living really came into place so satvik living comes from a very age old concept and scriptures of india which is like the vedas and the uh, you know vedic scriptures for that matter in india ayurveda is basically a way of living and it means that life science and uh, ancient healing system is something that is a part of ayurveda 
and it's completely believed that it's a holistic form of living where it includes the whole body the healing system includes the whole body and it was developed to give you an idea again it's developed it was developed for over like 3000 years ago in india so it's a very age old concept as well as a form of lifestyle that people used to like really um you know follow and i feel like a lot of people even now in india um have a great approach to ayurveda because um again like we wouldn't be want we wouldn't want to emphasize on living with you know allopathic medicines which can cause side effects but rather let the body heal itself by itself right so um what my whole approach towards satvic living is that um the principles basically of ayurveda right they suggest that performing self care rituals is a support which brings in a balance of the mind and body and keeps it in a state of harmony so for example let me tell you like you know how one must recharge themselves while ha- having a great routine as you said how it's connected with mental health it has a lot to do with mental physical spiritual name it and it's just all interconnected and intertwined right so how it's essentially done is that as you already follow this greg i'm sure you already follow this because we've spoken about it you wake up early right you wake up around 5 am and that's how even the satvic lifestyle and ayurveda talks about holistic living which is wake up between between the hours of 5 and 6 am right wake up with nature and i'm sure you do this because i see this a lot um that you put up about how you go on morning nature walks and um basically just keep yourself fresh in the mornings where you're breathing in fresh air and you're more conscious about what you do and it's about receiving everything out of nature right then the next thing that it really talks about is to meditate how important meditation is so i don't believe you know you have to meditate for 30 minutes a day but even a 5 minute meditation where you just close your eyes and you're aware basically meditation is being aware and being conscious and controlling your thoughts right so even doing that for 5 or 10 minutes a day where you're just very aware and conscious builds up on concentration so that's something that it talks about and again this the next concept is movement movement is again uh, something that you and i already spoke about um, on the ig live and how important it is to keep moving at least throughout the day right 10 minutes of it talks about yoga and holistic practices uh, where you have as a part of yoga again you have asana you have pranayam you have uh, you know flows that you uh, completely utilize the whole body that's the best part of, about yoga if you look at it it not only comes with just say if you were to do weight training you would be focusing on certain muscles you would be lifting something you have an equipment as such but in yoga what happens is it's completely based on your body weight right you begin with uh, you know creating a flow for yourself you do sun salutations and then you uh, have breathing exercises you meditate and uh, after that you calm your body down there's something called shavasana where you completely lie down and you calm your whole body down after a practice and that's how you rejuvenate your whole energy to carry out uh, and you know basically you have that energy stored in your body and you have that energy to um really you know carry out activities in your day and that's most that's the most important thing which is movement and i completely 
uh, try and incorporate something called vinyasa yoga every morning so that i just stretch all my muscles and i feel like that flow in yoga creates a kind of ease in your body rather than going running i would love going running but yoga again has a very different approach to it and very interestingly it also talks about i don't know if you heard about this but oil massages on how important you know massaging oil into your body is it creates more b- blood circulation and uh, it basically eases out all the stress in your muscles it basically calms down your nervous system and it removes all the uh, toxins out of your body so that's something and another la- i think the last aspect that i would want to talk about is food so to give you an idea i've always felt like energy is the most important aspect in your life to carry out activities like movement any action even your thoughts require energy right for that matter your speech everything and how you primarily get your energy the most important form is food now food why why food is a necessity is because that's something that actually boosts you or helps you develop a proper mindset it helps your brain function well enough uh, that's why you know there's this funny there's this funny thing where people say that hey you know what never go shopping in a hungry tummy because you you'll end up like not having fun always eat and go shopping you, you know you don't want to like make decisions uh, you know when you're hungry even how what kind of food you eat is important in terms of energy again when i'm talking about it i'm talking about the positive and negative energy that can be influenced into your body because of the food so for example if i were to cook my own food i know that i'm going to be nurturing my food with love and care and i'm going to enjoy cooking it but i don't know if i'm going to go to a restaurant and if maybe the person at the restaurant making my food is going to have the same energy so i just feel like at the end of the day cooking your own food plays a very major and important role in just uh determining how your day goes by right which is why i feel like i would any day pick you know cooking at home rather than going out and eating and everything that enters your mouth is going to determine how every cell in your body is going to function as well so what you eat is basically what you are right yeah so that's basically my ideology on satvik lifestyle and satvik living as such i think this is such a, an interesting point of conversation i would say um what you're saying about food and the fact that you don't cook your own food i think it's it's such uh, i mean that you only want to cook your own food because it's the relationship yeah. with food right it's the consciousness that yeah. you that that's involved in, in making it and yeah. i think that's such i've never heard that before actually that perspective on it and i think uh, i think that's absolutely beautiful what you said about i just wanted to I, i wrote down two quotes that i wanted to share with the audience that that you actually shared before you said self care comes from self improvement in the beginning i think that's a very powerful yeah. one yeah. and also you mentioned that the body is yeah. the home for the soul and i think um that's so beautifully yeah. put as well because i do think so as well i i do believe that too yeah. um and what you're saying about recharging about the connection between your mind body and also the spiritual aspect of it 
what you're saying basically is like the whole holistic approach. And I absolutely, I'm a big fan of that. Um, there's so much more than only the physical aspect of your being. And it seems that this yeah. set that perspective on it goes so much further than only your body. I think that's absolutely, absolutely that's so beautiful. And I just want yeah, to, and in fact, no, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, go saying? ahead, go ahead. Okay. In fact, what I wanted to say was Satvik lifestyle doesn't just end with just Satvik living. It ends with, in fact, there is no ending to Satvik lifestyle because a Satvik lifestyle has so much in it where it dwells into the kind of diet and the food that you have to eat and how elements, the five elements, which is air, water, uh, you know, soil, and basically the five elements, how they impact and create something called the doshas in your body. And it's, it's way more deeper than you can ever even imagine, you know. And uh, I feel like that's something that has to be a separate topic to talk about because it's so much, uh, you know, so much more than just basically living out of just food and movement and whatnot, you know. I really would love to do another episode on that one. So we'll keep yeah, the audience in. interested. But for now, I wanted to ask you, what do people eat that have a Sattvic lifestyle? Maybe you can share a bit on that. Okay. So what, what, what yeah, do definitely. those people put in their bodies? Yeah, so um, again, a Sattvic diet has a very unique style to it. There are certain things that you should be eating. There are certain things that you should not be eating. But I just feel like um, it has an approach according to everybody. So as I mentioned, there's something called doshas. There are three doshas and everybody has a combination of two out of three doshas. Like you might be a person who might be very, uh, in terms of digestion, you might not have a great digestive system. So there are foods that are eliminated that cause indigestion. And there is more, there's food that's more in fiber that's incorporated into your diet. So there is a huge alteration of inclusion and exclusion of foods into your diet when it comes to a sattvic lifestyle. But I personally would still pick a vegan diet over a sattvic diet because of how a sattvic diet still, uh, you know, still preaches that you consume dairy, uh, you consume uh, ghee, you consume milk, you consume yogurt. So, um, I mean, milk, not for the most part, but mostly yogurt and ghee. Um, and I just still feel like the most ethical form would be veganism as such. So uh, those are my thoughts on sattvic diet. We could substitute on that, though. I think for ghee, you can use a good olive oil or even yeah, like coconut oil and then yogurt. Obviously, we have different substitutes for that as well. Yeah. Uh, plant-based. Definitely, yeah. So we... Absolutely. Like even a mix of that could be mm-hmm. beneficial for, for your health. Um, I'm not an expert yeah. on that field, but um, who knows? Who knows? Um also, I just wanted to mention what you, what you said about the massages is so interesting. I think massages are indeed um, very beneficial as well because it releases serotonin, which is your uh, happiness neurotransmitter. And it's just so big. I just yeah. honestly um, don't understand why there's not many people just giving each other massages for the benefits of it. Like, oh Greg very interesting you can just you can just massage your own body because we've been taught like so again in India a lot of us do practice uh, you know oil massaging our bodies every Sunday so there's this thing where you know certain families again down in South India 
uh, in certain states. So what we basically do is that we have a cup of coconut oil and we make sure that we massage our body from head to toe. So what happens is even when there's, there's usually a lot of heat generated in your body and all, what oil does is cool everything down. It brings back balance in your body. So it's something that we've been practicing for years now. And uh, I think that's something that everybody should definitely incorporate in their life. So you're talking about massaging yourself here. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's <laughs> as weird as it may sound, it's, it seems to be so good. Like for all the benefits Absolutely, of it. You should... Again, like yeah, we're but... talking about release in uh, uh, dropping cortisol levels as well. Your stress hormone goes down. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's super, super interesting as well. I think it yeah. I definitely Trust me, is. And the feeling of, of a post, uh, you know, oil massage is the best because you're just drooping in oil and you just want to sleep and rest and you want to rejuvenate. It's such a beautiful feeling because I know there are like, you have certain muscles that you can't really, uh, you know, uh, attend to being you know, massaging your own body, you might probably not be able to target your back muscles as such. But um, even like this, the littlest thing that you can do is maybe massage the parts of your body that you can. And it's just creating more blood circulation as such. And even your hair for that matter. We In India, I think another thing is we're very loyal and we're very religious to the aspect of oiling our hair. It's a very integral part where we feel like uh, because again, we're, we, we all live in a tropical state and uh, there's a lot of heat here because it's quite sunny and we need to create a, we need to maintain our balance, which is why we need to incorporate oil as a part of us in all aspects, eating and body. I see. I see. Uh, and yeah. for how long do people in India that like giving yourself massages, is it like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? For the people listening oh, so, to this, <laughs> it just it just depends. So you can just do as simple as just massaging your body with oil and uh, leaving it on for like ten minutes, and then you can you just good to go. You just wash it off without soap. You just like wash it off, and uh, you just let the oil stay in your body. It's a great hydrant again. It moisturizes your body, and uh, you won't face a lot of uh, say body acne. You, it'll actually heal. So coconut oil has a lot of healing properties as well. So um, that's something that's coconut oil has always been a part of our culture, you know, mm-hmm. because again, down south in India, there are a lot of coconut trees and we use a lot of coconut in our foods. Um, and we don't really use a lot of milk as such. So that way we use coconut milk, which is a great, uh, great source of, uh, uh, you know, nutrition as well. All right. Um, looking at the time, I would like to finish with, uh, yeah, with, with a cool down uh, question, so to say. And that yeah. is, what vision do you have for your own health um, in five years? You mentioned that you will, you will, you will stick to the plant-based diet. Um, mm-hmm. You have spoken about it um, extensively. Where do you see yourself in five right. years? So I would say that. So this is both like physical, mental, uh, spiritual health as well. So, yeah, Greg, for me, I feel like um, uh, for me, there's, there's one belief that I've always had 
that is you can never stop growing and you probably can never see the best version of yourself and i'm telling you this because you can only keep getting better every second you get better but you will never in your lifetime be ever ever see yourself at your best because if you see yourself at your best there's no scope for growing right so what i want to really focus on is just keep getting better i don't want to stop moving i believe that only when you keep doing the things that you do and you keep improvising and reading a lot more on what you do is when you get better at it right so what i primarily aim on is constant and gradual growth where i see maybe 5 years down the lane i might look back and probably just say ha huh, that that side of me was pretty great but i feel like i'm better right now and my futuristic goals are to really learn to relax my mind that's something that i've been trying a lot that is just calm my mind and relax my mind inculcate a more efficient sleep cycle which i'm again something that's working on eat more raw foods uh meditate a little more i'm not a person who meditates a lot but even when i can it's probably a 5 or a 10 minute meditation and i'd like to improvise on that then i'd like to read more books i'd like to get more knowledge i'd like to be more optimistic in life and i also am looking forward to practicing more of gratitude in life you know because at the end of the day what i have what you have what we all have is something that is we really have to be grateful for everything that we have around us our own body is so important right every finger is important every nerve every cell so i feel like practicing gratitude is supposed to be the most integral part of life so these are the things that i'm really looking forward to you know in terms of getting better that's uh, i think that's such a beautiful perspective shruti what you said um about getting better at the moment and the fact that it's a gradual mm-hmm. process and not necessarily a destination that you want to be i think yeah at the end of the day it's the now where you feel at home right isn't it yeah. is that what you're basically yeah. saying i think that's that, that that's essential and it's so 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 powerful thank you for sharing that and um what you're saying about improving your sleep cycle eating raw food meditate relaxing the mind i think that's beautiful as well i i think in general if you do that people will definitely improve the quality of their lives yeah yeah so uh, yeah absolutely th- thanks a lot for sharing that and about the um, the optimism and the gratitude that's beautifully put as well for myself i i can talk for myself here i have i've like a gratitude journal where i write okay something in every day um which was great which i'm thankful okay. for by the end of my life i hope to, i hope to have this huge stack of of journals with all these beautiful moments uh, collected during my life and i think at the end of at the end of, okay we're going pretty pretty deep right now but i hope that at the end of my life and i look at those stack of journals that i can say that i that mm-hmm. i had have, have had a purposeful life so yeah definitely that will, that will be my end and goal so to say or destination wow it's so great that you already do this because i've been i've honestly been trying but i think i really need to you know put in more efforts in this because nothing comes easy again you have to really work hard and you really have to focus on things that you need to do right and uh, it's something that i'm looking forward to doing and i probably after this after like this podcast of on what like i've gotten to learn from you right now i probably am going to start writing what i'm grateful for every day um and let's see where that goes 
that that's great to hear again uh Sruti, thank you thank you so much i want to uh thank you for every beautiful message you've shared today and i hope to have you again on this podcast in the in the near future so thank you and the audience as well i really really hoped this episode of the podcast was valuable to you and that it brought you some ideas on how you can eventually also improve the quality of your life, um, whether it is having a, a more efficient sleep cycle like Shruti just mentioned, or just being more grateful. I want to thank you for, for listening, and I really hope to see you in the next episode as well. Thank you, Greg. Before you leave, I wanted to ask you a little favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to and share this podcast. It would help me a lot to share my mission and passion about health optimization. I'm grateful for you, I appreciate you, and right now it's time to take action and live a happy and healthy life.